This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with Derek Konofelski, my Data and Technology Analyst, and Melissa Cannon, our Community Engagement Coordinator. And Derek and Melissa, you guys really helped to pull off an exceptional event for our Spark App League, which is our coding contest for junior high and high school students. Thank you. Recently. And I thought that, you know, after, gosh, almost six years of doing events like this, this one was the best yet. And I think there were a lot of things that we did really well. And you guys are the masterminds behind all of this. (laughs) And so wanted to get together and talk a little bit about, I know we get a lot of interest from other people wanting to host similar events. Mm -hmm. This is not your average hackathon. This is not, you know, your average coding event. Again, we bring kids together for two full days to um, use our data to compete and build games and apps for um, centered around a theme that um, we actually partner with the Smithsonian to find. And so it's a really quite an amazing program. We've had a lot of our partners, sponsors, collaborators tell us that they've never really seen a program like this before. We've done previous episodes about Spark and what it is and what we're trying to achieve. But I really thought that this event in particular was such a success and wanted to talk to you guys about what you thought was different this time than events we've done in the past to make it so successful. There was such an energy in the room and a vibe I felt this time. I think that there's a few things that we did differently. And, and I don't think they were different in like huge ways. But I think that the small changes added up to kind of big effects. It was it was almost like an exponential effect of, of the small things that we did. So first off, I think... Um, and and I'll just say right off the bat, Melissa was a h- huge help. That's a at huge experience. Yes, no, it's it's true mm-hmm. because you know normally, and I know I know our team you know is always there to help us, but we're all like really really busy, and so just having somebody that I could bounce ideas off of, and that we could you know plan things together and figure stuff out, um, and also just your ideas just really really worked well um, to kind of bring the event together. So something as simple as um, one of the things that we did this year that we've never done before was having like trivia questions come up to break up the day. Oh, that was students. so fun. Yeah, yeah. We always, we always used to do um, social media contests where students would like tweet and post stuff, but sometimes students didn't have social media accounts or, um, you know, they just, they, they didn't want to post that stuff cause they wanted to work on their games. But then Melissa came up with the idea of having these quizzes basically or trivia challenges that everybody could compete. And it was really cool cause we found a platform that we could, you know, put the score live scores for the, these trivia questions up on the board and I could just see students almost like torn between like, I should be working on my project, but (laughs) I, I, you know, this is like a good mental break for me kind of sort of a thing. And so I think there was just a variety of things for the kids to do um, to kind of break up the day for them. So that was a big help. Uh, and then I think too, the, the second big piece was just our, our partnerships being much, much better developed this year. So again, Melissa really, really helped with uh, outreach to the schools, especially uh, Gilbert Public Schools, which was great because we had a great showing from Gilbert uh, Higley Chandler Schools. And um, I, I just think, you know, in the past we've communicated with them before, but having just kind of a, a constant um, 
you know, back and forth with them, a, a dialogue or a communication channel that was open all the time really helped. And having um, both the, the IT director, John, uh, he was great help always in the past, but we also got Dawn, who's the new communications director involved in it. And I think that helped quite a bit as well. Um, and then just during the day of the event, you know, Melissa was kind of the face for the teachers. I was able to focus on like the logistics of, of what was going on in the presentations and all that stuff. Whereas Melissa was kind of the contact person for the teachers. Yeah. I also want to add our volunteers were so amazing yes. this year. Yes, Deloitte. Yes, with came. Deloitte. Yep. With all that expertise that they had on coding, they could really show the kids like what you can become and just really break things down for them. And also I thought it was just so cute, like community members who came out to volunteer volunteer like one was a teacher who used to bring his students to the spark events and he's like I just want to come back and like be a part of it and volunteer with this and then we had like some husbands of teachers there who worked in IT who just wanted to help out and they were a huge help and that to me is like the Mm -hmm. highest compliment too when teachers that used to bring their students to the event come back as volunteers Uh or even we had a couple students that initially had said that you know they had attended spark in the past and they wanted to come back as volunteers like that's a huge compliment I think to us because it means that not not only was the event fun, but like they still want to be involved, even though they don't have to be like these are students that are now in college that have already graduated that want to come back just because they thought the event was so fun and they want to be a part of it. And oh. that's really the whole reason we host the yes. event is to create that pipeline that's hopefully our future workforce. And speaking of Deloitte is recently announced that they're bringing up to 2,500 jobs to Gilbert. So they're going to be opening their doors in a brand new facility here December 1st in Gilbert. And this is the largest jobs announcement in Arizona this year. So it's really, really exciting. It's definitely the largest jobs announcement for Gilbert ever. And, you know, for us, this was a great opportunity when you talk about partners and partnerships to really be thinking. And again, when you're in government, you have to really think out of the box because you don't have big budgets to host programs and events like these. And you really need to look to your neighbors, whether those are your local universities or your new businesses that are coming to your community, to think about what value they could provide and what you could do for them so that you could partner together to make something like this happen. So they sent a team of volunteers, Deloitte, and a lot of them were new to Gilbert too. And they were kind of fascinated. In fact, um, I have to tell this story. We had one volunteer that said, wow, you guys work in government? I've never really met people that worked in government that like actually work. (laughs) And I was like, wow, (laughs) not sure who you met, but thank you. We do work and we're a small but mighty team. And and again, Spark was started with because we didn't have $30,000 for a mobile app. So you had to get creative. At least. Yeah, at Mm -hmm. least, right? That was six years ago. Yeah. Um, but you had to get creative and think about, okay, we, how do we do this? Who could we partner with? Um, who would want to help us? And it turned out it's our students in our communities and the surrounding communities, really. Um, Higley High School was our big winner this time. But like you said, Derek, we had a great representation from Gilbert Schools, which is always a big priority for us. But we do welcome 250 kids, so they can come from all across the state, which is really quite awesome. Yeah. And actually I do want to, um, mention just because kind of we're on the subject, but we actually had two winners this time because we did a beginner and advanced competition together. So it wasn't just Higley high school, Highland high school also were our our big winners for our beginner level. What do you mean by beginner and advanced? Explain that. So in the past, um, spark has kind of gone through a, a few different evolutions as we've done the event year to year. And, um, one of the big things that I'm just very proud of with spark is that we always take feedback feedback from students and teachers after every event. And so when we initially started Spark, it was 
just kind of like a, a coding contest that people could kind of do whatever they wanted, um, use whatever programming language they wanted. And our first you know, session that we did, um, the feedback that we got was that the students and teachers both felt that the beginner students were at an unfair advantage to advanced students. So we split the event into two events, a beginner level event where all the students use Scratch from MIT, which is kind of a drag and drop coding language, and then an advanced event where students could use an actual programming language and, you know, they got to choose those kinds of things. And so, uh, we we worked with Gilbert Public Schools to kind of have the beginner event in the fall. And so students would kind of lead up or teachers would lead their curriculum up to kind of spark being the pre-midterm event that the students went to. And then the advanced event would be kind of the, the end of the year right before finals kind of big coding event. So ultimately teachers tried to work it in the curriculum. Well, this past year, um, we ended up having to cancel our advanced level event because of the Red for Ed teacher walkout. Um, and so we had a bunch of students that had signed up that couldn't get transportation. They couldn't, you know, uh, secure any of the kind of logistics from the schools. So we didn't want to leave them just kind of hanging. So what we did was for the beginner level event in the fall that we just had, um, we did a combination event. So we had... Anybody who signed up for that advanced event um, could essentially automatically get signed up for the new event, um, and we'd have an advanced track where they could still use their own coding language and everything. And then after that, we opened the registration up to beginner-level students so that teachers could kind of sign up just as they would for our regular fall event. So we had two winners. So we have five prizes typically at a Spark event, one overall prize, and then kind of four smaller prizes. So this time we had 10. We had one grand prize for each track and then four smaller ones for each student. So tell me about some of the fav your favorites that you saw. I thought some of the things the kids did were really amazing. But tell me, Melissa, what were some of the things that you saw that really stood out to you over the course of the two days? One of the games, I can't remember if it was beginning or beginner or advanced, but they used gravity and physics. Um, that to was the winning push, beginner game. Beginning beginner game. Beginner. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> That's way, so way impressive. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Just the puns, the way they use like math in their coding um, to get this object into space and use like trajectory. It just was really impressive how they can connect all these different disciplines into their game and make it in a fun experience. So that yeah. was my favorite. Yeah, so the, the theme of the event this time was transportation and invention. Again, we're collaborating with the Smithsonian, so invention is kind of one of the big themes of the year. And the, the game you're talking about is, uh, it was called Waymo Galactic, and the goal was that you were basically a little Waymo rocket in the future that needed to transport. It was an autonomous space vehicle that would transport stuff throughout the galaxy. Um, Amazing. And, mm. and those are the beginners. Yeah, yeah, and you had to like launch this little Waymo car through space, but they had like black holes that would suck the car closer towards them. And they had like uh, red dwarfs that would like propel you away from them. And then there was planets that would, you know, affect your gravity and stuff. I was super impressed. And I, I talked to the kids afterwards and they said that they stayed up to like two o'clock in the morning working on just the gravity part of it, which to me is actually a, a really, it's a really great kind of like insight into how 
the winning teams did their projects versus some of the other teams because once they got that gravity working the game just kind of made itself you know as soon as you figure that part out then it's like okay well now we can add stuff to remove gravity or add gravity or boost speed or whatever you know and the, because the gravity was already done it was kind of like they, they could add anything to it and it would just kind of work because they had you know built that foundation which is cool because now in their careers when they go forward or when they go to school like they they have a basic understanding of gravity and physics <laughs> yeah. like rocket scientists for real it's amazing right i mean i look around the room and i always try to tell people you know we could grow this event and i should mention um, arizona state university is another fabulous partner that we've had and they host our event so these kids get to be on a college campus they get to experience what that's like they get to eat um, in the all-you-can-eat cafeteria, which is really amazing. Mm -hmm. And so these are experiences for these students that they may have not had had before, and they may have never even thought about going to college until they come to have this event. And so that's another really great part of this. And we've kind of maxed out in capacity and talked about, you know, how do we do this virtually? And we have tried that. Derek, you mentioned we've, we've made a lot of adjustments over time. We tried the virtual classroom participation, it's just not the same as being in a room of, you know, 200 plus kids who are all excited about the same things. And, and we're seeing a great representation from girls. And that really excites me. It used to be when we started the program that we had to make specific categories for girls or prizes for girls. And now we don't have to because they're there. Yeah. They're in the room. And this is really exciting. And, and I know we set out to think about getting kids to think about choosing computer science related majors. But now, regardless of what type of a career or a major you choose, you should know the basics of coding. Like my girls are six and eight and they're doing applications on iPads, you know, with basic coding. And I think more and more so, I would bet money that we're going to see our program go even lower to elementary school kids in I, the next I wouldn't be surprised. few years, right? I so. wouldn't be surprised. And actually, I think you bring up a good point, too, because, I, you know, I, I talk a lot with educators, teachers, su superintendents of school districts and stuff like that. And I feel like the number one thing that I, I constantly see about the reasons why students don't get into coding or whatever is representation. And I think, honestly, that that's probably the biggest difference of between Spark and other coding competitions. We have like we have speakers, we have female speakers who are engineers that work for Waymo. We have minority speakers that, you know, awesome. work for ASU or, or that work for the Smithsonian or it's just such an inclusive event to me that everybody gets involved, everybody gets excited about it. And it's like the reason the program is growing is just because of the fact that anyone is welcome. You, the only thing you need is to, to have a, a passion for coding. You, need, you don't even need to know how to code to be a part of the program. If you're a teacher, we'll teach you. If you're a student, you know, we'll give you resources. And it's just like, all you have to have is a desire to, to be there and to be a part of it. And even like talking in the room, I think what's really great about Spark is that you really see the pipeline. So you see the kids yes. learning from the very beginning. You see kind of like the college kids, they're volunteering as well with ASU. And they're kind of like, yeah, they're on that, campus. Yeah, they're on campus. You someone kind of closer to age to the high schoolers and the middle schoolers. 
Then you see our other volunteers who are actually in the workforce and our speakers. So you kind of see the whole pipeline of starting from the beginning to what job you could possibly have at the end. And that's just so cool to see. And I think that's what gives that vibe in the room such like amazing kind of experience. Yeah, everybody has that connection. They're just at different right. stages of it. Mm-hmm. There, and, and I also, you know, as Dana mentioned, we probably will end up going younger with some of these students or having like a separate competition or something with them because I think that that to your point, that's exactly where you kind of get this this vibe going. The energy in the room is from people who are close to age, but you know, like our, our youngest students are sixth grade, seventh, yeah, sixth grade. And then our oldest, you know, people in the room are teachers who are retired that are yeah. now coming back to help with events. It's, I mean, it's literally like the entire spectrum mm-hmm. of people. And mm-hmm. the one thing that they share is just a passion about coding and education and learning. And I just, I think you get the whole, the whole experience. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the teacher training. I think this is a huge component because when you talk about the opportunity because teachers aren't required to incorporate this into their curriculum, they have to take the extra time to invest in their students to start a club or mm-hmm. do this during lunchtime or after school or on their own. So we see librarians coming from schools and bringing teams of kids and, and making that investment. And I think that that is really, really powerful. And it's really unfortunate to me that in this day and age that students don't have the opportunities to do this every day in class. And I think it says something about our educational system, especially here in Arizona and the fact that we as a government organization have put together a program where we provide them these types of opportunities. This may be, like you said, if you've never coded before, this may open up if you think about it, this could open them up to thinking about a career or a major that has never even crossed their mind. I know last year we had theater students who Mm -hmm. had never coded who won our event. So it goes back to that creativity and everything else that you can bring and provide and that opportunity that's there. And that's really what excites me because I think about you know, what if there's students out there who just don't have those opportunities in their classroom or don't have, you know, the chance to get excited about this, but we're giving these students a chance to learn to code or open their minds to the thought of what their future jobs could be here in Gilbert. And so I think it's really quite amazing and powerful. And and I think there are definitely opportunities to grow the program. One of the things we're talking about is creating an ongoing league. Mm -hmm. So instead of just the two events or the one event, annually, whatever it turns out to be, you know, how do you create that space and place where students can continue to learn and invest and think about this if they're not getting to do that in their classrooms every day? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that that we've really gotten to tap into by partnering with organizations like ASU and Waymo and the Smithsonian is there's no entrance fee for students to attend Spark. So not only, you know, we're, we're providing opportunities for students and it doesn't even matter if they're in a Title I school or if they, you know, can't secure transportation, like we'll help them again, like the, the more people we can get to this event, the better. And I feel like, you know, my, my previous experience in in my past life is as a user experience designer. So I'm always thinking about like, what is the end user experiencing or what are they feeling or, or how is the, the, the journey going for them? And one of my big things is always, 
if you start at point A and are trying to get somebody to get to point B, how do you lower as many of the barriers between those two points as possible? You know, what's the shortest distance from getting a student from one of our Spark events or, or actually from their classroom to a college where they're studying computer science or programming or engineering or something like that? And, you know, so we remove we try to remove cost and then, you know, we we give students a, a, a free and open source programming language that they can use to learn it. And all they need is a computer or an iPad or a Chromebook or something, you know, they, they don't even need to spend money or, or anything to get that. There's resources that we have online. There's videos that they can watch online. I mean, there's just, there's so many things that they can do once they kind of open their, their world or once we open their world or somebody opens their world to that, that just basically shows them like, you can do this. It, all it takes is you. Like you're you're the only person that's stopping you from doing this because everything is available to you regardless of where you're at or what your experience level is or how comfortable you are with it. I know I love that. I think about if I would have had those types of opportunities when I was their age, like would I have done something differently? You know, would I have chosen a different major? Um, I, w- I recently read a book called Brotopia about you know the tech industry in Silicon Valley and and kind of how that all ended up really being built and excluding women from that equation and from the table. And I think about that when I look around the room now and I'm like, huh, I don't really think that's an excuse anymore. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to choose a computer science related, you know, I, I major, I think now you could be an English major, still have the basis for coding and figure out how that fits into your career path. And that's exciting to Mm -hmm. me. And I think we see so much possibility in our younger students too. The junior high students blow me out of the water. They're usually the first ones there in the morning too. Like they're so excited and that energy and enthusiasm is really amazing. And I think we've found an incredible way to tap into that. Yeah. Well, and what, what, what great, like it's a it's a great platform for students to to kind of get excitement and get attention. I mean, our winning teams are going to be featured on the Smithsonian's website for the Lemelson Center of Invention and Innovation. They're they're going to be um, you know on the Spark Lab website. Their their games that they created are are going to be up there. And it's like, what better exposure can they get to 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 careers. I mean, that's, I would have killed to be able to be like, Hey, check it out. This game I made is on the Smithsonian's website or, you know, like, Hey, I got to see the Waymo car in person. Like I didn't have any of those opportunities Mm -hmm. when I was growing up. I was stuck in a basement, you know, with video games and stuff (laughs) at my parents' house trying to teach myself, you know, from library books and stuff. Like I, I think the more we open these students up to that stuff and the more we give them that kind of recognition that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a no-brainer. We're basically fostering these ideals for them that they'll go on and, and spread in the future too. And it just gives them a place to explore. So while you're in these teams trying to play this game or like make this game, it's like, am I more of that coder side or am I the designer? That's mm-hmm. the face of it. So it's really helping you figure out what you want to do and what you like yes. before college, which is awesome. Yeah. And I think we've said this before, but I feel like, you know, we're we're not like tricking students into to learning how to program, but ultimately by framing it in video games or apps that are like, you know, based on the world that they live in, whether it's Gilbert or whether it is these video games, you're kind of, you're teaching them skills that even if they don't end up getting a job in Gilbert or if they don't end up getting a job in video games or whatever, those skills translate 
to other things. You know, critical thinking skills, problem solving skills, creativity, those things can be applied to so many different industries and so many different places. They're not limited by that stuff. There's not, there are very few skills that you can teach somebody that are that adaptable. And like I said, and like you said earlier, Dana, I think that it's because in the future, everything is going to require coding. We're ahead of the curve in Gilbert, Arizona. Who would have thought? So if you're listening. capital of the world. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But this this is great. I mean, I think when we're out talking about this program to businesses that are thinking about moving here, this is, they're focused on that future pipeline too. So when they think about job creation and they're looking at, hmm, a community that's focused on engaging students all the way down to the junior high level, that's exciting to them and there's so much opportunity there. So I can't wait to see where this program goes. And if you are listening and want to learn more about Spark App League, you should visit the website at sparkapleague.com. And thank you both for joining me. Yes, and just a reminder to our listeners that you can follow us on Twitter at GovGoneDigital. And we'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital. 